My name's Sydney. I'm Paula. And this is Murder-in-Law. sound a little off sorry it's okay you want to start that over again sure i'm sydney and i'm paula and this is murder (laughs) (laughs) and this is fuck okay never let mom listen to anything no absolutely not she wouldn't listen to them anyway no but what do you think about starting our episodes with a one minute ramble where we can talk about whatever we want for the first minute or two and then we will jump into the case so we don't sit here forever that works all right bet so i'll start off with um paula got us the best fucking mexican ever yum 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 and she got us giant margaritas yeah and they <laughs> are literally like straight, straight tequila, tequila. straight really tequila though i didn't oh. get the green iguana this time no i saw that alex was like oh you want a green iguana and i was like no i just want to see the flavors that they have because i remember your mom saying that was not good it was or good, just didn't you mess you up <laughs> but like i don't think we would have made it this far because i thought about it yeah this, this literally tastes like just straight tequila with like some salt in it yeah i i they don't ask for a rim on those cups i didn't go. think so but it literally tastes like they poured salt into it he could have yeah. I didn't want to make it. I was distracted paying for everything else. It's very, very tequila shoddy. I wish mine would have had an extra tequila shot, but maybe not because oh I would drive home. Yeah, you'd be dead. So anyway, if we sound a little whack, it's because uh, we got some Margies in the system <laughs> and they're 32 ounces. So We've been a little busy outside in the sun today, too. Oh, nice yeah. We took fun. engagement pictures today. Yes, we did. I'm so excited. Miss Paula was my little photographer and we did yeah. some engagement pictures, me and Alex and um we got murdered by uh michael myers and ghostface yes it was epic we went to an abandoned hotel which we definitely thought we were gonna get caught at and we got sprayed with blood everywhere and my hands are still stained with some blood and i posted it on snapchat and everyone's like what the fuck is all over your face (laughs) it was blood but not real blood but it was uh, daisy was having a blast throwing blood all over me Oh my gosh, if it would have been up to her, she would have poured the buckets. Or she would she have tried poured to. the bottles all over everything. Yeah, she tried to pour it on me, and I was like, wait, 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 let's, how about you use your finger? I don't want you to pour it on me, because we were already know. done. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was already trying to open the one here. Can you open this for me? I'm like, oh God. And then Paula got a fog machine, didn't even use it. Yeah, I know. I don't think we would have had enough time. I was too scared if we were going to get caught. You know, I wasn't really worried about getting caught because I think they would have just been like, all right, well, I'll just pack it up and go home. We literally had knives and we were covered in blood. <laughs> I know. I was literally laying there with my eyes open like I was dead. I told Rob, I said, if I would have thought about it, I would have got grandpa to dress up if he's still got one of his uniforms, get him to dress up and act like a cop. Oh, my God. And act like he's coming onto the scene. That would have been all, oh, my gosh. Dude, when we left, there was literally blood all over the pavement. Yeah, there was. And then I also sprayed some blood on, onto the, a broken window yeah, and some blinds because the the window was broken to where you could see the blinds. So I sprayed it all over. Did you know there was a house behind that? Yeah. The an one... abandoned house. Oh, an abandoned house? I know yeah. there's a house to the left of it that has the gate around it. It ha- I don't know if it had, I don't know if it was closed off. I can't remember. But that's when we, when we went to leave and we went to the right. Yeah, yeah, the house right next to it. Behind it. And I'm, it it's was abandoned? like perfect condition. Yeah, nobody lives there because it was the owner's house. What? 
Granted, there was a giant chair on the porch, so maybe somebody lived there. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. But, um... Well, I mean, I was like, we there was totally could have used that. There's literally mattresses all in the hotel. Like, Toilets. There was... Okay, so this, this like, motel, not a hotel. This motel is one yeah. level. It's in a U-shape, and it has, like, maybe, like, ten rooms. And all the windows were busted. All the doors were, like, knocked off the hinges. They were, like, painted. And there's holes in the walls between rooms. And there's yeah. mattresses and blankets in there, as well as, like, bottles and jugs. Robert's like, mom want to buy it. What? Yeah. They wanted to buy it and redo it. I'll help. And make it into, um, like, a big living area for all of us. That'd be sick. You know, my dream house would be in a U-shape. Really? Yeah. Why a U-shape? I want to do, like, a container home or something. Or oh, a shed house. Cool. See, I want to do, like, van life, but Alex says he likes the luxury of living in a house. Yeah. Probably because he's lived in, like, apartments the majority of his life. But yeah. I'm just like, man, I want to go. I want to I want to live on a bunch of land or I want to mm-hmm. be in my van. I want a bunch of land. We always said if we ever hit the lottery, um, yeah. we're buying, like, acreage. Like, oh, a 100%. Lot. And then everybody will have a built house built to their specs. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, it would be like one big uh, commune. <laughs> and then we turn into a cult. I was going to say, no cult. We <laughs> needed, but, and she beat me to it. And we turn into a cult. Then we turn into a cult. But, like, everybody's house would be paid off. We'd just have the land. And then we just Literally all chip no. in on property tax every yep, year. property you know? tax. Which, if you own that much acreage and not a lot of buildings on it, you don't yeah. really have too much to worry about. That's like, it's like paying price per square foot. Like, if there's not mm-hmm. a lot on there, then it's going to be a lower price per square foot. Yeah. Okay. Let me get into this case so <laughs> we're not sitting here, like, at 12 p.m. Like, okay, so today's case is... Right. <laughs> Sorry, 12 a.m. So also, welcome people, back. People who say eight, 8 a.m. in the morning piss me off. Why? Oh, because 8 a.m. in the morning? bitch. Yeah, I know. I don't know what a.m. stands for or p.m. stands for. I always thought it was after midnight and pre-midnight. I used to, too. But no way! Yeah, I did. <laughs> Shut Swear up. to God! Wait, so what does Sorry. that mean, actually, though? Hold on, wait, let me look it up. It's it's like anti-meritum or anti-moritum? Anti-midnight and post-midnight. <laughs> it, it's, it's literally an anti and a pre or a post. Uh, no way! But it's like a pre, yeah, but it's like anti-moritum. <laughs> God damn it. I don't know how, if this is true or not. I saw it on a video the other day from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I just looked up AM definition and it says AM. <laughs> you might have to do A period dot uh, A period. A period and, dot M period. Yeah. Dot. We are drunk. Oh, God. A little tipsy. Oh, wait. Latin anti-meridium meaning anti-meridium. before noon. Yeah. Anti-meridium and then it's like post-meridium. Yeah, so... After close. midnight is close to, it, to it's before not noon, far right? Off, like yeah. it's the same thing. After <laughs> but it should have just been midnight. after midnight and bef- and pre midnight. Yeah, that would make more sense and it's easier. But no, they have to be scientific. Uh, it's like the like, time no change. Shit, shit. It, I was watching little videos off the Big Bang Theory on Facebook. Yeah, oh, that's my shit. <laughs> and Sher- uh, Sh- Sheldon, he Sherilyn, he says uh, I can't fucking talk. <laughs> the alcohol ain't helping. No. He was talking about something, and he goes, well, if you're going to say AM, it's really anti-Meridian or whatever it is. Anti-Meridian or Meridian. some shit like that. And, I, and I, that's the only reason I knew We're about to get roasted by me being like, actually, it's anti-Meridian. Anti-Meridian. <laughs> and be like, um. I forgot that fast. My well, brain's like. she pronounces stuff wrong, like, so easily, <laughs> so confidently. 
We well, bitch. in our wrongness. I'm just confident in general because I'm that bitch. Yes. Okay. Sorry, that was aggressive. Oh, no, you're not. All right, Paula. So, do you want to get into today's case about yeah, 23 minutes after we started recording? That's not too, too bad. It could be worse. Oh, it's been, it's been worse. It's been worse. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, today's case is about Mary Vincent. Do you know who that is off the top of your head? I've heard the name, but I can't place any kind of association with it perfect because it is an amazing case not for what happens but you'll see is this one in conspiracy or true crime this is a true crime case yes okay. i last week when we were recording a, a podcast i said i was going to do a uh, conspiracy but it, conspiracies are very hard to find that don't make me actually want to die to have to read out loud because some of them are so cringe we really are like talking about justin bieber being a lizard person <laughs> and katie perry that? being john bonnet ramsey yeah oh, you've never seen that, that. oh my god yeah people think that katie perry is john bonnet ramsey because they actually do have very similar facial features really? but i'm pretty sure the birth dates like don't really line up and also her mom literally had her in a hospital so i don't know about that one i don't know there's a lot about hollywood actually you know what that might be a good conspiracy case is hollywood um hollywood conspiracies are crazy and also it scares me hollywood crime oh girl you want to talk about scary i was listening to this one podcast about um it's called rotten mango with stephanie sue i love her to death she's is that miss mango but yes i love miss mango but oh my god stop yes i love her to death and she was talking about this case where the ruler of north korea i'm not gonna name any names the ruler of north korea his brother was um had abducted a um like a an actress to perform movies over there because like in korea you can in north korea you can only watch movies made in and based off of north korea like you can't even read books that are about like going against leaders or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, because you know he invented the the cheeseburger. Oh, did you see in that movie where Elsa doesn't have a butthole? Really? No, I, that's just fake. That's that's Seth Rogen. I, say, I think I heard that too. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't seen that, but I have one. Yeah, he's talking that. about how he doesn't have a butthole. He doesn't poop. But anyway, okay. Because <coughs> it all comes out of his mouth. Excuse me. Oh, got him. Okay, so today's case um, takes place in 1978. Oh, actually, let me go into my. Uh-huh. What am I looking for? What is that word? I don't know. Where I got my stuff from. Wikipedia. Oh, you're, um... <laughs> <laughs> No, bitch. It wasn't just Wikipedia, but it is on there. Oh, I thought you were being specific. My sources. My sources. sources. Yes. Oh, my God. Wow. That is so embarrassing. Sorry. That was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no more margaritas while we're doing this. Literally, I need to stop drinking my clown juice because it's clearly working. Okay. So, my sources for today was a um a youtube video i'm not going to see the title of it because i don't want to give anything away today okay and then i will go over it'll be in the link in the show notes uh scarymommy.com morbidology.com wikipedia.org um yeah, i was right about one <laughs> latimes.com ranker.com law.justia j-u-s-t-i-a.com thenetline.com and caselaw.findlaw.com and those uh, last three, I believe, are for the actual court transcripts. Uh, transcripts, thank you. All right, so let's hop on in. 
1978, 15-year-old Mary Vincent ran away from home in Las Vegas, Nevada. She was struggling with her parents' divorce at home, so she decided to make her way to Los Angeles, California to visit her grandfather. This wasn't Mary's first time running away from home. She had made her way to Sausalito, 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 thank you, California that summer where she lived with her boyfriend in his car. But unfortunately, it didn't last too long because he was actually arrested for raping a high school girl. And again, Mary Vincent was 15. Her boyfriend raped a high school girl, so clearly he was a little bit older and it was not Mary Vincent that he had assaulted. So uh, Mary had to hit the road after that incident. Uh, During that time, she would stay with her uncle off and on while in uh, Soquel, California. On the morning of September 29th, 1978, Mary had said goodbye to her uncle and decided to hitchhike approximately 400 miles to see her grandfather in L.A., California. Now, the dangers of hitchhiking are very well known. Now, the dangers of hitchhiking are very well known. Fuck my life. (laughs) I've rubbed off on you and I am so sorry. (laughs) Now, the dangers of hitchhiking are very well known due to cases like these and horror stories along the way like Ted Bundy and all that kind of shit. Yep. But. Question. Yes. Would you have fallen for Ted Bundy? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm not sitting here like, oh my God, he was so fucking hot. But like, if if a dude was in crutches and, you know, dropped his keys or I'm just going off of that movie when he dropped his keys. Yeah. But um, if he was like in need of help, I would absolutely help someone. Yeah. I literally deliver groceries like as my job and I have people who are like using walkers and crutches and are need help bringing their groceries in. Oh my God, I've, I've walked into so many houses that I could have literally got killed in. Why are you walking into houses? And helping them take their groceries inside because they can't grab them off the porch. I did yeah, it in Sensi. would have felt. I did it in Sensi one time, and it was this older gentleman, very slender dude, no walker, no cane, no nothing, but he literally was like, hey, can you just set him inside the door? And I was like, sure. So I set him inside the door, and he's like, oh, actually, can you take him in here? And I was like, well, I'm already here. So I went ahead and grabbed them, and I took them inside. And this dude lived in a Sensi, um, like, big house that's a multifamily unit. Mm-hmm. And it was really scat because I walked in there, and one, it smelled like absolute chaos but there was a just like a a kitchen with like just a range and a sink but like not a sink with a cabinet around it like just a literal sink like you know in the bathroom downstairs like a mine? pedestal basically yeah really and this like teeny tiny little fridge and then <laughs> there's on this table is a microwave with a lamp with no shade on it just a bulb on a stick how fast did you run out of there bro I was carrying in so much pop, and I was thankful because I had one in both hands. So I was like, bro, if this guy tries to grab me or something, I'm just going to sucker punch this fucker with a case of pop. Oh, yeah. I'll fuck this dude (laughs) up. He was some little skinny dude. I could take him out. So, yeah, that's what I did. And uh, he didn't say anything. He was like, okay, thank you. Have a good day. And I was like, you too. And I just, like, you know, backed out. But, yeah, I've done that multiple times. And they they tell you, like, oh, if you don't want to deliver inside a house, just tell them that you don't. You don't do that because you can tell them that and they're not going to, you're not going to get in trouble, but well, I always feel too bad. I always want to help yeah, people. So yeah, I way. definitely would have fallen for Ted Bundy. I would have too. That's, that's my long done. answer. <laughs> no, I, I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you at all. It, I it's just want to help everybody. I know. I'm and I hate way. it because like I'm naive as fuck. So anyway, the dangers of hitchhiking are very well known. Everybody knows that. And it was... But, it, uh, but back then, it was pretty common among people who didn't have immediate access to transportation or just the money in general for transportation. 
and Mary was 15. So, you know, she didn't have a means of transportation, and she most likely did not have the money for it. Yeah. So she made her way to a spot where a couple other hitchhikers had gathered, and after waiting well into the afternoon, a blue van pulled up. Inside was a balding middle-aged man wearing a blue jumpsuit, kind of like Michael Myers. That's exactly what I'm wearing. So he let Mary know that he was headed to Reno, but was willing to make a detour for her. And again, she was going to L.A. So they're currently in uh, Soquel, 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 California, and he's headed to Reno, Nevada. But he said he'd make a pit stop to L.A., which seems kind of in the opposite direction, but whatever. Um, So Mary said he looked almost grandfather-like, which seemed Mm. comforting. But unfortunately, this was very far from the truth. This man was 50-year-old Lawrence Singleton. Like I said, Lawrence had approached 15-year-old Mary from the crowd of um, in his blue van, a completely empty blue van, which confused everyone when he told Mary he can only take one person. Hearing this, other hitchhikers started warning Mary, saying like, Mary, you should not go. This is weird. He's only interested in the young girl and won't take anyone else. Like, do not get in with him. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, and flags, but Mary flags. was 15, naive, and could not stand the night, uh, stand the thought of another night on the streets because she was kind of often on the streets in and out of her uncle's house since her boyfriend had been arrested. So, uh, with no regard for the others, please, she hopped in, and Mary and Lawrence started their journey. So, 50-year-old Mary is now on the road towards L.A. with 50-year-old Lawrence, and um, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and start with... The telling of their trek. So after starting their trek, Mary decided to pull out a cigarette and light it up. The smoke made her sneeze, and with that, Lawrence had made his first advance. He reached over and touched the back of her neck. Let's see if you're sick. Taken aback and irritated at his quick advance, she jerked away from him into the passenger door out of his reach. Alarm bells started to ring, but her naivety ultimately took over. Are you frustrated already? I'm annoyed with her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, she's naive. She's 15. She's just trying to get to LA. Which, you know, I can't say anything. When I was 15, I was stupid like that. Yeah, I've done some dumb shit when I was 15. But, you know, and back during this time, everyone was hitchhiking. Like, people would do that just to a concert. People would do that just to the fucking mall. Yeah, I know. They were just so common. So she's like, all right, I bet I'll give a free ride out to LA. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so alarm bell started to ring, um, but again, her naivety took over, and all she had to do was make it through this car ride and see her grandfather. Lawrence had asked if they could actually stop off at his house to drop off some laundry. Mary said it was fine and helped him take it inside. Oh, God. When they finished their pit stop, they started back on the road. Really? Yeah, did I did I shock you with that one? Yeah. I knew. I am I, shocked. I heard you go, oh, my God. Yeah, so they actually oh, did gosh. truly go on a pit stop and drop some laundry off at his house, do oh, the laundry, shit. and then hop back in the car. Well, at least he was smart. Right? Yeah, he didn't He didn't go that crazy that quick. No no evidence at home. Nope. Yeah, can't can't leave well, that at home. Too, wouldn't have been a whole lot. <laughs> Literally no DNA, no nothing. Uh, but it was his own house, so. Mary started to get comfortable again and decided to take a nap. Uh, she was exhausted from being on the streets and in and out of her uncle's home. As they made their way toward L.A., her eyes fluttered and she fell asleep. As she woke back up from her nap, she started to look around, but something didn't look quite right. It was the road signs. Towards Nevada. That's not right. They're supposed to be going to L.A., not Nevada. Yeah. 
Mary was confused, scared, and angry. She looked around the inside of the car until her eyes fell upon a long stick. And this is like a metal stick. It was like a, not necessarily like a metal bar, but it was like a, like a prodding stick, I guess. Mm. So she grabbed it and pointed at Lawrence saying sternly, turn around right now. And to Mary's surprise, he did just that. He said, I'm an honest man who made an honest mistake. I'm not going to hurt you. He turned around and made his way back in the direction of L.A. on Interstate 5. Mary thought it was a genuine mistake, but decided to stay awake this time, not so trusting of Lawrence, uh, as she looked out the window watching her surroundings. I have to take a leak, said Lawrence. He couldn't hold it to make it to a gas station. As the sun set, he pulled off the freeway to a seemingly deserted canyon road. He stopped and exited the vehicle, finding somewhere to use the bathroom. And something wasn't really sitting right with Mary. She looked down and saw her shoe was untied. She thought that if something happened, she could definitely outrun Lawrence. She had to be faster and healthier than him. And as these worrisome thoughts are going through her head, she looks around and decides to get out and tie her shoe just in case. Like, this girl is literally sitting here thinking to herself, like, something could go wrong here. I'm on a deserted road, but this guy's older. I can outrun him. I am healthier. I am faster. I am smarter. And, you know, I'm glad she had that in her head. Uh, so as she bent down she received a crushing blow. 15-year-old Mary had just been struck in the back of the head with a sledgehammer. Jesus Christ. By Lawrence Singleton. Yeah. He grabbed Mary and shoved her in the back of his van. Mary was now laying on her back in the van with her arms tied behind her. Don't scream or I'll kill you, he ordered. Lawrence then raped Mary an estimated six times all throughout the night. Jesus. Yeah. And she laid there when the sun started to rise, thinking, God, please kill me. Please, I can't do this anymore. After countless hours of assault, Lawrence had made his way butt-ass naked to the front seat, driving a few more miles down the deserted road before stopping again. Like, this guy did not even have, like, the decency. Like, he literally was assaulting this woman, jumped in the front seat, drove a little bit further, and then just hopped back back there again. Didn't even put his clothes on, nothing. So she knew exactly what was still going on. Like, she she knew this was not ending anytime soon. So he made his way to the back of the van where Mary lay naked, bloody, and afraid and cut her hands loose. He said he would let her go if she obeyed him. He then made her drink some unknown, unknown liquid, presumably alcohol, and said, drink it or I'll kill you. He would then rape her again. And this time, Mary had passed out. When she came to, Lawrence told her to get out and lie on the edge of the road. Terrified, she did exactly as she was told. She pleaded, please set me free. I won't tell anyone. Please just set me free. He rummaged through the back of his van and returned to Mary. Lawrence responded with the most chilling statement. You want to be set free? I'll set you free. He grabbed her left arm and made one swift motion. Mary started to fall backwards in confusion. She was just being pulled up by him. Why is she falling? She looked down at her left arm, and there was nothing. Lawrence had grabbed a hatchet out of his toolbox and severed her arm in one chop. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, there was blood squirting out of her open wound. She said her blood felt hot as it made contact with her skin. Mary felt the burning and the sharpness of the amputation. He then grabbed her other arm, the right arm, and Mary knew exactly what, was, what he was going to do. 
she starts kicking, fighting, screaming, like literally anything she can do to, to get him to let go. This time, it didn't take just one blow from his hatchet. Lawrence kept coming down on Mary's right arm over and over again until, I had, until he had completely severed both of her arms just below the elbow. Mary lay on the pavement in absolute shock, looking down and seeing both arms amputated. But in her peripherals, she sees Lawrence rapidly moving around. Mary had grasped Lawrence's arm so tightly that her right hand of her severed arm was still clutching onto his forearm oh with a God. death grip. He was throwing around his arm trying to flick her hand off. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, she, like she was literally grabbing him so hard. Her arm was cut off and he's trying to flick it off because her hand, even though it was completely severed, like her muscle has just tensed so hard that he's like, she's still grabbing onto his arm. And he's so that shit off. you see in the movies is actually is true. actually correct. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, and she she witnessed it firsthand that, and so did he that it was literally stuck on there. What the fuck? Yeah, it's it's horrendous. So at this point, you know, Lawrence had then dragged her limp body, she was completely gone, to the edge of the road and dropped her off a thirty foot embankment. Um, I heard on the podcast Morbid that when Mary landed in the bottom of uh, Del Puerto Canyon, Lawrence actually climbed down himself and drug her further into some sort of pipe and stuffed her in there, like some sort of like um like it's drainage, drainage pipe. like drainage pipe, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then made his way back up and left. Uh, everything is true to that, except for I'm just unsure about the drainage, uh, the drainage pipe part. But he had gone down there to check to make sure that she was actually dead, and gone back up. He like made his way back up. Lawrence is thought to have cut her arms off to make it harder to identify the body. Whether that was true or not, it wasn't necessary because this is a survival story. Really? And Mary was still alive. Oh, so my other source was I Survived, um, and that was season three, episode one. So oh Mary God. is alive. She has had both of her arms severed. Has been raped for almost 48 hours straight and has been thrown 30 feet off of an embankment into a canyon. Wait, 48 hours? Yeah, because he he had raped her from the night to the next morning, uh, cut her free, drove somewhere else, and then continued uh, to assault her that. until the next morning after that. Gotcha. Yeah, that, so that's almost 48 that's hours right. of she being fell assaulted. Asleep and, she had passed yeah, out, yeah. yeah. Or she passed out, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Mary's still alive. Mary said all she wanted to do was fall asleep. Like, she was so tired. She was so cold, so oh, tired. Yeah. She had lost a lot of blood, and her body was in shock. Um, but then she had started hearing voices. They started telling her, you can't fall asleep. He's going to do this to somebody else. She thought to herself, I cannot let that happen. I can't let him do that to another girl. This was enough to give Mary the strength to get up with not only two severed arms, but she had also broken four ribs thought to be from the 30-foot fall. Um, after getting up, she realized that her muscle and tissue was literally coming out of her open wounds, as well as a massive amount of blood. So when she stands up, her arms are, like, straight down, and it's literally falling out. So she has to raise her arm, arms, like, above her head. Oh, my God. Just to God. keep everything in with the power of gravity. Um, so this is when she had a possibly life-saving idea. 15-year-old Mary got down and started pushing her wounds like her severed arms into the dirt mm. that mixing with blood made an almost paste like mud that was keeping everything in oh wow so she literally like basically just like cauterized her wounds and like yeah. packed that shit in there and it stopped everything from coming out That's like it was idea. almost like glue um she then decided she was gonna make her way up the canyon this 30 foot canyon 
Yeah. So, a 30-foot climb may not seem too hard, but with no hands to grasp, severe blood loss, broken ribs, and just straight-up exhaustion makes it seem damn near impossible. But Mary was an insanely strong girl. Like, she just had the will to survive. She said she didn't know where she was or where Lawrence might be. He could be at the top just waiting to finish her off for all she knew. But she did not care. Yeah, she literally had no idea. She was like, because when she was at the bottom, she was just kind of sitting there for a little bit like, oh my God, what if, what if he's just waiting for me to come out? Like she literally acted like she was dead. Yeah. When she was laying up on the top of the road, like limp, she was acting as if she was dead to hopefully, so he would let her go. And then he actually threw her over the embankment. Yeah, he's going to get rid of her body. Yes, because he thought she was dead. And then when he came back down to check on her, she just acted dead. And if not, like, if he saw her moving and, like, breathing a little bit, he thought she was for sure going to die of blood loss. No doubt about it. Well, yeah. Anybody in her right mind would have. Right. And he just cut off her arm so there's no fingerprints. At the time, I'm sure they didn't have, like, dental um, dental records for stuff like that to check yeah. with that. But, yeah. So. It's a piece of shit. Absolutely. So, yeah. He could be at the top just waiting for her to finish, uh, waiting to finish her off. Uh, but she didn't care. She vowed that she would not let him do this to anyone else. It took a long time, but by nightfall, she eventually made it to the top. Wow. Yeah, it was a long time. Mary had absolutely no idea where she was. It was a dark, desolate road. No homes, streetlights, or road signs. Mary said if it hadn't been for the moon or the stars, she wouldn't have been able to see absolutely anything. But Mary had heard something. It was the sound of cars from Interstate 5. Oh, wow. Yeah, she couldn't see them, but she could figure out the general direction of where they were coming from. I'd be fucked. <laughs> oh, bitch. I'd be deaf. You were in front of me making noises today, and I thought it was coming from my, <laughs> from my left. Literally. <laughs> I would really be done. I'd end up about, I'd fall down a ravine again. That'd be my luck. You know, in, um, actually, in canyons in the desert, it is super common for when you're, um, for waterfall sounds to bounce off of a canyon wall, and people will actually lead themselves to their own deaths uh thinking they're hearing water mm-hmm. and they will actually come to a wall of a canyon i believe it and they they can't go anywhere else because they thought they've made it to water and now they're literally even further from water because it's just bouncing off thought. so mary had heard the sound of cars from interstate five which she didn't know at the time but she just heard cars mm-hmm. um so she couldn't see them but she could figure out the general direction of where they're coming from And with that, she started down the road to the sound of traffic with her arms raised in the air to prevent further blood loss and to keep her muscles from falling out. Again, even though she had packed this stuff into her arms, it wasn't, it was, it was really just keeping like everything together to a point, but it wasn't like stitches where it can just keep everything in. So even though she had done that, it was really just kind of cauterized and she had kept her arms above her head. Yeah, I mean, she just climbed out of the canyon, too. So, I mean, chances are a lot of that may have fallen out. Yes. Yeah, she was She was really dealing with a lot of damage. Yeah. Um. So, Mary had walked for three hours until the sun had started to rise. Let me remind you that Mary is still completely naked, no clothes, nothing, and she's covered in blood. Uh, when the first car came her way, she was jumping up and down, waving what was left of her arms in the air, she recalled it being a red convertible with the top down and two men inside. Mary yelled desperately for help over and over, and they flew past her. It would be hard. Like, I couldn't imagine seeing mm-hmm. that. I They had to think that they were stoned or something. Or being pranked. Yeah, like, they couldn't have thought it was real. 
Nope. And Mary actually said she understood why, comparing her current state with no arms and covered in blood to something out of a, quote, Fright Night movie. Yeah. Yeah. She later stated, quote, I thought I'm going to die out here because everyone is too afraid to even stop, which yeah. is absolutely heartbreaking. It is. It's heartbreaking, but it, and it's it's a sad truth that Because she wants help like so that. bad and... She even knows, like, she even said it herself, like, she literally looked like she came out of a horror movie. Like, it looked unreal. And she was just sitting here, like, grabbing for literally any shroud of, like, shred of hope that she could get. And she didn't know if Lawrence was going to be one of those cars coming down the road. Yeah, that would have been a scary thought, too. So she's literally jumping up. She's butt-ass naked. Mm -hmm. Jumping up and down, trying to get anyone's attention. Doesn't know who is going to be behind the wheel. Doesn't know if it's going to be another Lawrence or Lawrence himself doesn't know who's going to take advantage of her or if they're going to help her and she is literally just putting the trust in literally anyone who will pass by yeah so you start praying yeah and she said after what she thought may after what she thought may have been her only chance of survival left her she decided to keep walking that's when another car approached it was a red truck carrying a honeymoon couple that had actually gotten lost what uh, what are the odds according to los angeles times quote two individuals found mary vincent wandering nude she was holding up her arm so that her muscles and blood would not fall out unquote they immediately stopped and helped her into their truck they raced to the nearest payphone mary said she could literally hear the tires peeling off that's how fast they were going because they were like trying to get her they saw her state and they knew exactly what was going on that's awesome. Uh, the couple tried to make her as comfortable as possible while they flew down the interstate. When they reached um, a phone, they explained the state Mary was in, and a helicopter came and flew her off to the hospital. Wow. Yeah, so they were able to reach someone in the, in the helicopter came as quickly as they could. She had lost over half the blood in her body. Over half, which is crazy. According to the trusty internet, it states, (laughs) quote, depending upon the health of the individual, people usually die from losing half to two-thirds of their blood. A loss of roughly one-third of the blood volume is considered very serious. Oh, yeah. As well as the average time for someone to bleed out after experiencing serious physical trauma from an injury, say a gunshot wound, is only three to five minutes, unquote. Now, gunshot wound is very serious. Um, but it doesn't always hit major arteries. Right. Mary, on the other hand, has had both arms cut off, severing two arteries in each arm, which is four arteries in total. Jesus. Not only had she lost over half the blood in her body, but the other half had gotten to a toxic level. Mary stated, quote, but my body took it because I was, I guess I was that desperate to live, unquote. God had plans for her. For real. For sure. Um, Even after everything Mary had gone through, she was still able to give a detailed description of 50-year-old Lawrence Singleton. The composite sketch was then released to the public. It was so realistic that someone called in and said it looked just like their neighbor, Mr. Lawrence Singleton. Yeah, it was that, that detailed that someone literally called in and was like, that's Lawrence, that's my neighbor Lawrence. And it was him. 100%, that's crazy. So police made their way to his San Pablo home and started their search. They found Mary's cigarettes and remnants of burnt clothing that looked like it had appear- uh, it appeared to belong to Mary. Sorry, English is hard. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Lawrence was asking his neighbor to assist him in cleaning up his van, his blue van. Mm-hmm. 
Not the usual car wash on the outside. No, no. But the inside. They removed the carpet and washed that. Wow. As well as the inside underneath the now removed carpet. What did the neighbor say? Or Not slick, bro. Um, so they really didn't say anything. They were just like, yeah, I love you. I like you clean. So a few days later, Lawrence actually tried to overdose on some sleeping pills. Oh, my But that did not work. Fucking pussy. I know. I'm saying. Uh, he was eventually taken into custody by police. At the same time, Mary was in the hospital being treated and fitted with new prosthetic arms. She had only spent one month in the hospital and then returned to school. One month after this extremely traumatizing event, leaving her literally handicapped. And she was back in school the next month. Because, I mean, she's 15. Who was it? She was going to see her grandfather? Her grandfather. No, she did not. She was returned back to uh, Las Vegas. Uh, Her uncle. She was actually returning to her parents. Oh. She she she, lived with her uncle. Yeah, she stayed with her uncle for a little bit because she was trying to get away from her parents' divorce. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. it was. They were only mentioned very briefly. My brain doesn't want to work correctly today. That's <laughs> okay. Um, so Lawrence's trial happened six months later on March in sorry in March of 1979. Mary had to face her attacker for the first time since that day. She testified in front of the court with her new prosthetics to help convict him of his heinous crimes. Lawrence had not only pled not guilty, but had a totally different story to tell. But he did not want to testify to tell it. Instead, okay. they used the statements he'd made to police. Jesus. Yes. So according to those statements, uh, Lawrence had in fact picked up Mary, but not just Mary. He'd also picked up two male hitchhikers named Larry and Pedro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They had stopped off at a bar and did some drinking, then decided to go buy some weed. They all smoked the weed and drank together. And then Lawrence, Larry, Pedro, and Mary headed down to that fateful canyon road. When they stopped, they had paid Mary for sex, consensual sex. He even called her a, quote, $10 a night whore, unquote. Lawrence had supposedly passed out after that and woke up to Larry driving the van towards San Francisco. Mary's clothes were in the van, but she was not. Lawrence said Larry told him that Mary had her hands in the till and was sent to Los Angeles, which I'm assuming means she was stealing for stealing, having her hands in the till and was arrested or sent to somewhere. It didn't really, this was just his story. And it was, again, he did not testify. It was just given to police. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know, but Lawrence, uh, then left the remaining hitchhikers, Larry and Pedro in San Francisco. Um, any thoughts on this, Paula? What a piece of shit. Yes. And I don't know if you're noticing that Lawrence had picked up a man named Larry, which is short for Lawrence. Oh, God. So I don't know if he was just being, trying to be slick. He was. And put the blame of his actions onto a man with his nickname. Or, um... Or what he well, was trying to do. Did he tell her his name in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. He had, he literally, well, they were talking on their way to LA. And, and he told her his name was Lauren. You're a fucking Lauren Singleton, yeah. Hey, you couldn't get more creative than Larry? Yeah. I, I don't, like, he came up with Pedro, but he literally came up with a man named Larry. Lawrence. Which is short oh for Lawrence, Oh my yeah. god. 
Yes. So, um, so he puts all the blame on Larry and even placed him behind the wheel after Marilyn was no longer in the van. He's essentially blaming himself. He's basically blaming himself, but giving the guy a different name, but calling him Larry. So if someone were to say Lawrence, he could be like, oh, no, that's that's Larry. You know, Larry. Yeah. You know, Larry and Pedro. And Lawrence. it's not too hard to fuck up with your own name being Lawrence. Exactly. So I don't know if he was just trying to be slick. I don't know if he thought yeah, he was going to like pull one over. I think. But yeah, so that was just no. not not good. Um, yeah. Uh, needless to say, no one bought it. Especially when Mary took the stand uh, to speak her side. Mary stood up in front of the court and testified against him. She only referred to him as, quote, my attacker, unquote. Never calling him by name. Which, fucking props to you, girlfriend. Because that's, that would be very hard. It would be. I'd want to give him a few other choice nicknames. Oh my god, yeah. And she stated he, quote, did this, unquote, to her. In reference to her prosthetic arms. And um, that was very powerful. And the jury found Lawrence Singleton guilty of all charges, including one count of forcible rape, two counts of forcible oral copulation, one count of kidnapping, one count of sodomy, one count of mayhem, which I'm unsure about that one, and one count of attempted murder. Wait, and this was still, were they still in California with us? Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is all in California. They had okay. not made it to the Nevada border yet. I was going to say, I couldn't remember if they had got to Nevada yet. I know they were headed that way, but I didn't yeah. know if they had crossed over. Mm-mm. All right, go ahead. Yeah, so um, as Lawrence left the courtroom, he passed Mary, which I don't know how the fuck they allowed this to happen. And he said softly, I'll finish the job if it takes me the rest of my life. Which how fucking scary would that be if this man had just severed your arms thrown you off a 30-foot cliff and left you to die and he just said that to you especially when you find out that for all seven charges he received the maximum sentence of any guesses 10 years 14 no attempted murder charges he got literally all these together added up to 14 years was the maximum sentence fucking california (laughs) 14 fucking years so, the presiding judge stated, quote, if I had the power, I would send him to prison for the rest of his natural life, unquote. Didn't they, they didn't try to put any charges up against for attempted murder. None. So, I think they were all supposed to be served concurrently at the same time. If that's the right word, I don't know. I think they were all supposed to be served at the same time, not well, consecutively. No, no, what I mean is, like, there was the oral copulation, forcible sex, and there was one other one, I can't remember what you said it was. Yes, so there was um, uh, rape, copulation, kidnapping, sodomy, mayhem, and attempted murder. I think the attempted attempted murder murder was on there. Yes, I think that one held the the longest. And this is in 1978. Well, it's 1975 now. Nine, sorry, 1979. So I think they put them all together, but they were served at the same time. I don't think they were served one after the other. Continuously. Yeah. Concurrently is together and then continuously is... He served seven for the first, and then another right. seven, and another seven. Like, there was a, a video I watched the other day, and I can't remember what the kid did. I'd have to go back and look. But all of his charges, it was sexual assaults. Mm-hmm. It was rapes. And it was, like, 30 or more. Good for him. Because you only get, like, seven. I don't understand. Like, I'm not saying that he was hot, but he was a very nice-looking guy. And they thought, really? But then I have to stop and, and, and think to myself, because, like, you could have any girl you wanted. 
But it's not about that with that type of situation. No, it's, it's about control. Yeah, it's about the control and the forcefulness. They want to do that. But anyway, his um, uh, they're reading off one after another, and the video is skipping just to the sentencing. Like, the, like uh, how many years he's going to serve? One was like, and it was like 14, 20, 30, 60. His total, 256 years for the all of good uh, all of the sexual assaults rapes that he did good i think it I should be like, like that jesus and they were all to be because even if you didn't continuously yeah because even if you didn't kill anybody you still left someone with lifelong damage whether yeah. that was rape with ptsd and trauma and all that shit yeah. or literally cutting someone's limbs off right. like that's, that's a lifelong that's just as a lifelong reminder of what they have gone it through. drives me crazy you you fuck this woman for life Literally, not only did she have to deal with the trauma of being raped at 15 years old when she was just trying to hitchhike to see her grandfather, right. like how fucking wholesome is the fact that she went to go see her grandfather and saw this man pull up who she thought was grandfatherly like. Right. So she's like, perfect. This is the perfect person to take me to go see my grandpa. Yeah. They're just shooting the shit down the road. She tries to smoke a cigarette, sneezes. He wants to cop a feel and wants to grab her real quick. Like, oh, yeah. let's see if he's sick. And then he's like, oh. Let's see if she trusts me by letting me take her to go do some laundry. Trusts her, takes her into his house. It's fine. Sends him the water with her. I didn't even think about that. Yep. And then when he's like, hey, I got to take a piss. Goes out to go potty. And then just she's unknowing, just hanging out. I'm just wondering what would have happened if she would not have gotten out of the car to tie her shoe. Same thing. Or if she would have kept that metal bar or, or stick in her hand or whatever. Yeah. Like, what would she have done? Because if she's sitting with her head against the headrest, he can't come from behind and hit her. But if she sees him come from either side, Which, she has the, if she has the stick, she's going to know what to do. Stab him right in the head. Well, see, and then you get into the situation of where the victim becomes the suspect because it's her word against the dead man's. Mm-hmm. You know, she's 15 years old. She's hiking across the... Or hitchhiking across Sometimes the they want to throw it like they're promiscuous and yeah. they've been on the streets and he just called her a sex worker. Well, I, I mean, mean, he probably called her a prostitute, but called her a sex worker and said yeah. that he had paid for his cons- uh, consensual sex. Not every woman out there is Eileen Warners. Uh, Alright, well, let's run back into this. So, um, the jury had found Lawrence Singleton guilty of um, those seven charges and he received only 14 years. And the presiding judge said that he would rather send him to prison for the rest of his life, but unfortunately he cannot. So it's understandable that he received the max punishment, but what I personally don't understand is how these only add up to 14 years. And Mary had actually won a $2.56 million civil judgment against Lawrence, but she got nothing of course, because he was unemployed and had a savings of $200. That was his max savings, and she was owed two point five six million, and he had two hundred nine. Oh, that would have been a fuck ton of money. Yep. So his sentence was not the only thing that was absolutely infuriating about the justice system. The truly unreal part is the fact that he only served. Oh my god! How many years do you think, Paula? Eight years out of his fourteen-year sentence. Well, for good behavior. Good behavior. Oh. And 
Lawrence was such a good boy that he actually decided he was going to work as a teaching assistant in a prison classroom, which also contributed to his early release. So good behavior and working as a teaching assistant. Maybe he needs structure. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm one of those people, most people, like we talk, people can be rehabilitated, I think. Certain people can. I just don't think he'd be one of them. But I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. So we're going to get into something really funny after, like right after we talk about this, but it's it's literally so goofy. But I'm going to keep going. Um, So uh, shortly before his release, a psych eval, which is a psychological evaluation, Mm -hmm. um, read... Quote, because he is so out of touch with his hostility and anger, he remain he remains an elevated threat to other safety inside and outside the prison, unquote. And this is by a, tru- a trusted doctor doctor I wish when they were doing the psyche. See me right now, she literally has her fingers like literally digging into her eyeballs. <laughs> oh my She's God. so flustered right I now. I am. Go ahead. Keep okay. going. And another thing. While incarcerated. He had written several threatening letters to Mary's lawyer. Well, at least he didn't write them to her. Oh, I'm sure I'm he probably sure could. He can't. He her. can't get her fucking address. So he had written those letters to Mary's lawyer. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Um, but nevertheless, he had been paroled to Contra Costa County in California. Mary was absolutely terrified that he had been released, um, as she fucking should be, because as you can remember. He had just threatened her eight years prior that yeah. he would finish the job if that took until the day he fucking died. So she was so scared. Uh, when he was paroled, literally no one wanted him in the neighborhood. Uh, he yeah. was so hated and unwanted that authorities ended up housing him in a mobile home on the grounds of San Quentin State Prison until his parole was up in 1988. Oh my god. Because everyone fucking hated him. And they were literally like on... They were, like, protesting that no one wanted Lawrence Singleton in their neighborhood. Yeah, you fucking think? Literally, like, oh my god, this was such big fucking news. So, after he could legally leave California, he decided to move to Tampa, Florida, um, where he had spent his childhood. Residents hated him there, too. How surprising, because this case literally went everywhere. Um, So, who the fuck would really want them, this dude around their family? Um, a local car dealer even offered him $5,000 to leave the state. Literally just on his own accord. Had his own money. Offered him a $5,000 fucking dollar check. Like, will you just leave the state and I'll give this, I'll give you $5,000. I want to feel bad for him, but then again, I don't. I don't, I don't feel bad at all. He just. Like, that's my, that's the kind of person I am. Like. It makes me want to laugh just because, like, this is so awkward. Like, I couldn't imagine actually witnessing this and reading about it. Like, in, in the current times. Yeah. That I'm well, like, wow, this guy must be so absolutely despised. Like, just think Casey Anthony. Like, worse, though. But, well, yeah. I mean, it wasn't national news, but. Casey right, well, Anthony plus the initial thoughts of uh, Amanda Knox. Do you believe her? Oh, I believe she's innocent. Like, I do, too. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> well, you're about to have was, a fight. <laughs> I was like, where are we going with this? Because I totally don't think she was involved. I'm confused. But okay. Yeah, no. I think Amanda Knox was uh, innocent. But that's Same why I said the initial thought yeah. of Foxy Noxy when that came out, plus Casey Anthony. But put it together times 10. Yeah. And they were just released in your neighborhood. Like, hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so... Yeah, so he just was offered $5,000, and he actually said no. 
He did not leave the state of Florida or Tampa. Instead, he moved to Sulphur Springs, which was only about 15 minutes drive north of Tampa. Um, so enough about this dickhead, uh, Lauren Singleton. Let's move on to Mary. After the tri- trial, sorry, after the trial, she fell into a deep depression. She wanted to be a dancer, but that wasn't a possibility anymore. She would have nightmares, couldn't find a job, and she couldn't even afford to have her prosthetic arms fixed, which is so heartbreaking. And she can't have a job. Yep. So she eventually had to file for bankruptcy. But in 1999, things started to look up for Mary when she met a man. Mm-hmm. Yep. She was so happy and in love. The two went uh, went on to get married in an intimate gathering with a few media outlets who actually had to sign a, a disclosure to prevent anyone from knowing her location because oh, yeah. he had been let out by that time, so she did not want anyone to know uh, where she lived or where she was even getting married. Uh, so the couple eventually welcomed two sons. She went to the University of Nevada and became a victim's advocate. And what was once a traumatizing conversation became a powerful speech to prevent other young adults and teenagers from hitchhiking. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, as time went on, her relationship, her relationships um, did start to fall apart. She went to a specialized school for handicapped individuals and started therapy. Her attempt to find healing ultimately failed uh, as she refused to open up about her emotions she even felt like she couldn't turn to her own family. Mary stated, quote, they couldn't handle it. They took it harder than me. I'm telling them I need you, but they couldn't do it. Mm. They were more interested in what they felt about what happened to me than what I felt, unquote. This would eventually lead to her divorce, but not all was bad. Quote, I needed a mom, and I found one, Mary said. It's my mother-in-law, Pat Platt. So that's Pat, Aww. P-L-A-T-T, sorry. Uh, who lives nearby. When anyone asks me if I'm close to my mom, I say yes, because Pat's my mom now, unquote. Aww. And that actually, like, when I was reading that, it, I literally had tears in my eyes because it literally was so just wholesome because yeah. she was really struggling with her parents when they're having their divorce, all this happened. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some, like, kind of pent-up anger about all that happening in that little time period and she just wanted someone to turn to and she found not necessarily her husband but she found another mom that she could talk to and pat really seemed to be there for her so mary eventually improved her mental health but said she's still afraid of sleeping stating quote i've broken bones thanks to my nightmares i've jumped up and dislocated my shoulder just trying to get out of bed I've cracked ribs and smashed my nose. Every day I pray to God to make a space I can breathe in, and every day God gives it to me, unquote. She also stated, quote, I went around talking in schools, telling kids not to hitchhike. I gave it up after a while because some people were making very rude comments and saying, hey, that won't happen to me. I just couldn't let them drag me down. I would never have been able to make, uh, sorry, I would have never been able to turn from victim to survivor without advocates and attorneys. I will never get over being attacked. I wake up every morning with a constant reminder, but I can move past it. Unquote. Mary eventually found that she was an extremely talented artist with her prosthetic arms. She loves art and still does it to this day. It is like for real unreal how talented she is. 
Um, you can find her art on Google. She's done everything from commissioned family portraits to action figures of powerful women. Aww. It is. It's so, so sweet and it's I'm really have wonderful. To look that up. That's it, really cool. It's really really good. It is hard. It's sometimes hard to find it because you look up Mary Vincent art and it's it's people who were inspired by her and made art oh, okay. of her. Oh. But there's a couple pieces on her that are actually from Mary Vincent herself um, and made that art and stuff. And she does sell it, I believe, still. So on February 19th, 1977, moving back in time a little bit because Mary did get married in 1999. Right. So on February 19th, 1997, um, a painter had called police after witnessing something through the window of a house he was painting. The caller said he saw a nude man hunched over a bloody woman who was slouched over his on his couch. Oh, Jesus. He said he heard, quote, bones crushing, like chicken bones breaking, unquote. Ugh. After police rushed to the scene, they were met by none other than Lawrence Singleton. He was partially nude and covered in blood. On the living room couch lay 31-year-old mother of three, Roxanne Hayes. She had been stabbed multiple times in the upper body. The court documents state eyewitness Paul Hitson, quote, who had been hired to paint Singleton's house, testified that after knocking on Singleton's door and calling his name, he walked into Lawrence's house and heard a muffled, gurgling sound for help. Oh, jeez. Hitson stated that as he walked through the door, or sorry, through the house, he heard another cry for help, and upon entering the doorway of the family room, saw Singleton hunched over a body on the couch. Hitson left the house through the carport door and told his uncle, who was waiting outside, what he'd seen. Hitson then ran to the front of the house and looked through the window on the front door. Taking it in person. Hell yeah. Mm. Hitson kicked the door and, in response, heard another weak cry for help. Hitson saw Hayes lying on the couch, not moving, with Lawrence Singleton standing over her and with his hand around her neck. Hitson testified that when he saw Lawrence make three downward pounding motions on Hayes' chest and neck area, accompanied by bone-crushing sounds. Hitson then went with his uncle to telephone for help, unquote. So that was everything that was from the court document. Yeah. So Hitson um, saw Lawrence over Roxanne murdering her, went to go tell his uncle. They went back, looked through the door, and saw Lawrence Singleton basically stabbing Roxanne Hayes over and over and over again, and they ran to call for help. Jesus. Yeah. So, Dr. Miller, an associate uh, medical examiner of Hillsborough County, examined Roxanne's body. He testified, quote, Hayes had six stab wounds on the trunk and, uh, and a seventh on her face, which were consistent with the attacker being face-to-face -face bent over the victim. Miller also testified that Hayes had several very deep defensive wounds on her hands, including one that almost severed the index and middle fingers on her left hand. Miller estimated that Hayes would have been conscious at least four or five minutes after sustaining the fatal wound to her heart. So he had actually stabbed her in the heart. Wow. Yeah, and those uh, those wounds on um, her hands, including the one that had almost severed her fingers, was from her putting her hands up. I, that's what I was like, thinking. Like, in her face and her chest Defensive to keep him wounds, from... Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yep. Uh, Lawrence Singleton had testified in his own defense... He stated that on the day of the murder, after consuming prescription medication, antihistamines, and alcohol, he picked Hayes up and drove her to his house to perform oral sex. Again, consensual. Same with Mary. Um, he stated that after that, oh, he, started, he stated that after Hayes had eaten and they had engaged in sex, 
uh, Roxanne grabbed his wallet as he was attempting to give her money for cab fare home. I'm fucking sure. Bullshit. Uh-huh. Then a struggle ensued. And after he took the wallet back from Roxanne, she picked up a knife Lawrence kept by the couch and swung it at him. He then testified that during the altercation in which he attempted to disarm Roxanne, she sustained the seven stab wounds that ultimately caused her death. This includes the one to her heart. He's literally trying to defend himself from a 31-year-old woman. How old is he at this point? He is uh, probably 60-something. He's literally in his 60s, I think. I couldn't remember how, how old he was. He was 50 and 78. Oh, Lord, and this is 97. So he'd be 70. So he'd be in his 70s. Yeah, 69, 70. Yeah, so. He's, Go ahead. I, I, yeah, no comment. Sorry. Um, I really don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> Bullshit is what I say. Yeah. So, um, again, she sustained seven stab wounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary had actually testified in this case. It was in no, in no way required, but she felt as though she had to. Quote, I was raped. I had my arms cut off. He used a hatchet. He left me to die. Unquote. Mary told the courtroom as she pointed towards Lawrence with her prosthetic hook. The jury ultimately found Lawrence Singleton guilty for the second time in 20 years. So this man had gone to prison and reoffended. He was sentenced to death for his guilty verdict for first-degree murder. However, he would die on death row of cancer December 28, 2001, age 74. Piece of shit. Yep. Mary regretted that Lawrence had passed away in 2001 before she could face him. Quote, I wanted to see his eyes. Eyes are important. When he was on top of me, I was looking at the axe, trying to stay alive. I asked later if I could look him in the eye, but it didn't happen, unquote. Uh, Mary Vincent's case eventually influenced legislation as Lawrence completed his sentence, then reoffended. After the murder of Roxanne Hayes, California lawmakers drafted the Singleton Bill. Do you happen to know what that is? No, but I don't think it should have been called the Singleton Bill. It's actually for a really good cause, and it's because of him, because he's such a fucking jackass. So, this set the minimum sentence for crimes involving torture the um, at 25 years, making it possible for the 25-to-life sentence. Nice. So, that's when you hear um, people who torture people, mm-hmm. but don't necessarily murder them, they get the 25-to-life. So, yeah. that is due to um, Mary's case with okay. Lauren Singleton, but it only really went into effect after he had to kill Roxanne, unfortunately. It usually takes that kind of shit. Yeah. It's very unfortunate, but... Um, like stalkers. They can't do anything until they hurt you. That's fucking yeah, horse shit. I'm sorry. Yep. Which I think they've changed a lot of those, but go ahead. Yes. Yeah, but it's still bullshit. It uh, is. <laughs> definitely bullshit. So, uh, Mary told Lo- the Los Angeles Times, quote, Most people, if they ever put their mind in the position where something like this happened to them, they would probably still be in the hospital now, being a big vegetable. But I've accomplished so much in my life, I need to share that. Letting them know that this isn't going to get me down, and nothing will. Unquote. And that is where I'm going to end um, Mary Vincent, the woman who had two severed arms, got thrown down a 30-foot cliff, and survived. Most people that fall off a 30-foot cl- cliff in general just don't survive. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> Mary, I think, was a very strong, very, very strong woman. That's why in the beginning I was saying this is such... A great case because it really just shows how strong someone can be and this little girl i'm gonna say little girl because she was 15 years old 15 years old she was 15 years old 
had the absolute willpower to withstand hours and hours of torture, including severing yeah. limbs, getting tossed down a cliff into a literal canyon. It's called a canyon, Del Puerto Canyon, and making her way back up naked, afraid, bloody, mm-hmm. and just facing death right in the face. Is that everything with her or is there more information to come later? So, um, there's no more information. This is all I have on here. If you want to read more, you can definitely reach out to these little sources and read. I have, um, the LA Times is where you can find the information about her wedding because that's one of the source or one of the, um, media outlets she allowed there with the signing of a disclosure. Yeah. But that is one they pay a dollar a month. For the dollar for you yeah, you paid for it. I did. So if you ever need to use the LA Times, I have it for six months. I used her email address, so just Great. let me know. I'll give you the password. I haven't checked that in a while. I need to check that. Yeah, and then I think there's like another one called like newspapers.com that would probably be a helpful source. But yeah, so the LA Times okay. is where you can read up on her marriage and um, how she met this wonderful man. I think they use like a, a pseudonym for him, so that way there's no information. Yeah. yeah, there's no information on there. But if you want to read any more on Mary Vincent, or if you want to watch the I Survived um, episode on YouTube, it is I Survived Season 3, Episode 1. The link will be in the show notes. And yeah, that's about all I have. Mary Vincent is still alive. Um, Lawrence Singleton is dead, and I hope he's like, you know, on fire in hell and shit. I'm sure he is. He's a piece of garbage. And unfortunately, Roxanne Hayes is passed away. That was um, his other victim. Yeah, yeah, she survived by her three children and her boyfriend or husband. I don't know which. Um, I was seeing, like, conflicting sources. Okay. But she survived by all of them. Um, again, Mary Vincent did survive. Or, not survive, I'm sorry. She did testify in that trial. Yeah. Um, to try to get him the max sentence possible. And she also gave us the 25-year minimum sentence when it comes for... Oh, yeah. Uh, it comes to crimes involving torture, so we can thank Mary Vincent for that. Uh, please don't hitchhike, but just think about how strong she is and how she fucking killed it, and she's a victim's advocate and all that shit. That's fucking awesome. So that's all I have for tonight. Sorry I'm tired and a little tipsy. Thanks to Mama Hi. Paula. <laughs> With my giant fucking 32-ounce no, margarita. Saturday. My eyes are literally, like, falling so hard right now. I'm like... I, I'm right here I've been up. You. I've been up for 21 hours, and I just totally. had a margarita, so I'm now fucking We've tired. totally got to get to do this earlier. We, we, we were busy today, so... Yeah, we had engagement pictures and all that fun stuff, but... Yeah, keep Mary Vincent in your thoughts. Um, Lawrence Singleton can eat a dick. Yeah. Um, Roxanne Hayes, keep her in your thoughts as well as her family. Absolutely. Yes, and yeah, my name is Sydney. Uh, I'm Paula. Join us back here next week for episode uh, number three. Because yeah. today was episode number two. I forgot to mention that at the beginning. Today oh, yeah, was episode two. Okay, so there's two episodes so. up with, with um, me as the host and Miss Paula as the co-host. I'm um, supposed to go back and forth uh, one to the other, but we had some technical difficulties with how fucking huge... Paula's case yeah. was. If you can't tell, I talk a lot and barely I write a lot more. Oh my god, she had 18 pages front and back. No, there's more than that. Yeah, oh yeah, that? no, that's right. Yeah, it was 18. Yeah, because I'm right. Back. I hit 18. I was like, oh my god, I'm just like Paula. 
But then I realized <laughs> mine was 18 one-sided. See, yours are one-sided and your font's like eight. So oh, bitch, make... mine's 16 and it's oh, is a space it? and a half. I try to defend myself. I'm like, look how big I write. I was like, it doesn't no. matter. <laughs> I write big so I can see it when I'm reading it back to everybody. Um, I may not come back and touch on that one for a while so we can kind of forget about it and then go back over it. Yeah, it is a lot. Um, it's a very interesting case. It's it's really sad. It is. For real, just because, like, the events that happen are just so unfortunate. But yeah, but we'll get into that another yeah, time. We'll get back to that. Then, so we'll, we'll come back to this hopefully next Saturday. Hopefully no major plans it gets in our way, like weddings or tournaments or Oh my god, Lily, that's that's been the past like couple weeks as we've had oh, games for Paula's daughter and yes. a wedding and today we had engagement photos and I was like, Oh my god, Paula, are we recording tonight? She's like, Oh, it depends on how you're feeling. I know you gotta wake up at three thirty. I was like, I don't care, we're recording because we didn't get to record her. last we weekend. Did not get to record last weekend. And I'm I had real. my case ready for a whole two weeks and I was like, I'm ready to talk about He's like Mary can't Vincent. Wait. I had to, and I was literally about to text you today and be like, oh, are we talking about your case or my case tonight? Because I was hoping it was going to be mine. It was totally yours, because I have to get mine ready still. Because I had to talk about Mary Vincent, because she is, I love a survivor story, like, and it's, yeah. it's I hate calling it a story, because it's not a story, because it's really but someone's it's fucking story. life. Yeah. But it is, the, yeah, you're right, it is their story, but yeah. I feel like story just has this connotation of fantasy and fiction and yeah. all this shit but this is really people's real life so yeah this may you may enjoy true crime for entertainment but this really is people's lives so please remember that oh yeah absolutely yeah. well join us back here next week for paranormal or conspiracy or true crime we don't know whenever yeah. join us back for episode number three yes. and i hope to see you next week and this was murder in law Bye. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite.